Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Here at AOC, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions. And of course, on Fan Mail Friday, those questions, those come from you. So if you're new to the AOC podcast, Fan Mail Friday is not my recommended place to start. And a lot of people laugh at that because some of a lot of people love Fan Mail Friday more than the other stuff. Not sure what to make of that. But much more of our content is in-depth. It's longer format, interview-based stuff. So check out the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox or just go back and download something with somebody's name who you recognize. But in the toolbox, we've got the fundamentals of reading body language and nonverbal communication, the science of attraction, negotiation techniques, networking strategies, influence strategies, persuasion tactics, and pretty much everything else that we teach here at The Art of Charm, either on the show or on our live workshops. And we can send all that stuff to your inbox if you text the word charmed to 33444. In the States here, that works. That's C-H-A-R-M-E-D to 33444. Everywhere else, just go to theartofcharm.com. All right, let's cut to it, Jason. What do we got this week? Hi, Jordan. I've spoken to you a few times, but I want to get in touch as I'm concerned about my family's and friends' support towards my work and what I want to do. I have a registered networking agency where I want to help develop and provide promotion ideas for business. I don't know what that means. But okay. <laughs> I, know. I was going to edit this, but I'm like, oh, no, this is germane to the topic. Yeah, let them do it. I find it really hard to explain this in simple English. Well, there you go. Ding. It's like they don't want to believe and all they want me to do is just get a full time job. I even launched my first campaign and it didn't feel like they even cared. And I know they won't support the campaign, but oh, well, I can live with that. So I want to know if you have any advice. Maybe you've done a podcast previously about helping the people around you understand what you are doing. Is this a sign that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing? Regards, Adam. So I'm going to buffer this with, first of all, congratulations on launching a side gig and launching your first campaign. That is actually a big deal. You're an action taker. So yeah, double thumbs up on the launch. Double, th- double thumbs up on the launch. But with that in mind, here is my honest opinion. You have a registered networking agency where you want to help develop and provide promotion ideas for business, and you find it hard to explain that in simple English, but unless I'm mistaken, you've just created a marketing agency, right? Unless I'm missing something. And you definitely need to nail that description down if you're going to run a marketing agency, because there's a lot of irony here that like you're helping businesses promote, and yet you can't even tell people what you do in a concise way. So maybe it's that disconnect that your family and friends are seeing and they're trying to keep you from falling on your face. So I understand where they're coming from as well. And I think to your to your question, whether or not we have a show about helping the people around you understand what you're doing, Clay Hebert, 
it looks like Hebert, and I, we did a show about this earlier. It's about this issue, telling other people what you do, the six-word intro. It's recent, so check it out. And definitely, it'll help you tremendously. A lot of people have gotten major mileage out of that Clay Haber episode. And, and no, I don't think that other people telling you that you shouldn't do something is a sign that you shouldn't do it. I, I really don't think that that's the case. In fact, AOC started that way. AOC was a joke. People at law school used to make fun of me for this all the time. I mean, they would play pranks on me. I'd get messages like, help, I need help with my body language. And they'd be like, ah, you're so gay or whatever people said in, in that era that was still, quote unquote, okay to do that. And <laughs> don't, nig- thought, don't nig me, bro. Yeah, it was just, there was, it was even before that stuff, right? They were just like, this, what a loser. Nobody's going to buy that. You guys are such dumb asses. Like, you're killing your brand. No one's going to hire you. I mean, just name it. It was in there. What was funny, though, was a lot of people were also very supportive. They were like, you're going to get famous because of this. And I thought, like, yeah, slow your roll there. Uh, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and I remember people thinking, like, you know, you're going to run out of stuff to say. And I thought, yeah, I'm really worried about running out of stuff to say, which so far. How's that worked has, out for you? <laughs> yeah, no, so far so good on that. But uh, but the, the people in your life who aren't, of course, just being jerks like the folks at law school were being, uh, your friends and your family, for example, often they're trying to save you from the headache and pain of failure. So not everybody who's a quote-unquote naysayer is like this negative person, you gotta cut out of your life and stuff like that. I mean, even my own mom tells me not to get too excited about various business victories just in case it doesn't work out. Right? And bear in mind, this is our 10th year in business, and just about every single week that goes by, I could probably repurchase the house I grew up in. But that doesn't stop my parents from making sure I don't get my hopes up. Hey, but and at least not- your mom pitched in by naming the company. Yeah, she did. She named the company. But that back then, she probably thought it was a phase. But <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of people who are trying to trying to dissuade you from something who love you, the reason it seems so unusual and disappointing that your family's not interested in helping you is not because they don't believe in you, but often because they don't want to see you fail, and maybe they've seen you fail in the past, or maybe they don't get what you do, so they think, oh man, this is never going to work because I don't get what he means when he says he has a networking agency that does X, Y, Z, right? So, or maybe you're really young and they don't think that young people can do things like that. It's it's a lot of their own bias. You can choose to not listen to them. If they have pointed feedback, like my mom did about our company name, which was, I don't even remember what it was, it was so awful, that was valid. Somebody just saying, oh, you shouldn't do that, you should just get a regular job, that's maybe more in line with their own bias and their own fears than anything to do with you. So I hope that helps, Adam. Let us know how it goes with your marketing company, <laughs> question mark. I'd also say check out the uh, Toolbox episode on the elevator pitch. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that too. Clay Bear and the elevator pitch toolbox from AOC. We can link those in the show notes as well so you can find them real easy. All right. What does Mark have to say? Jordan, I just want to tell you that I strongly disagree with the following statement. You bear some responsibility for allowing psychopaths or sociopaths into your life. That may be true in some cases, but it certainly was not in mine. In my line of work, I'm constantly exposed to liars, con artists, and manipulators and can spot them right away. However, I lived with my ex for 22 years before catching her in a lie. In fact, everything about her was a lie, including her emotions. She actually admitted to mimicking the emotions of actors on TV. Never underestimate a psychopath. Sanely yours, Mark. Well, I I assume when he says I strongly disagree with the following statement, I guess I at some point maybe made that statement. I don't know. I'm not going to search for it. But 
I, this is such a weird letter because I believe you, Mark, but it's so strange that you can spot liars and manipulators right away, but you lived with one for 22 years. I guess it's not that weird. I guess it's the people that are closest to us that really do tend to be able to turn the screws. And we have our own emotional biases in place where we think, oh, well, this is happening, but I don't want to believe this is happening in my own house. So I'm not going to look at I'm not going to look at it this closely. Um, I, I do disagree, though. On, I disagree that you disagree. Uh, but this is <laughs> the statement to me, at least from what it looks like. Again, I don't exactly remember what context that was in. This actually the statement actually comes from an article that Johnny wrote. We have oh, okay. we have a four part series on dealing with psychopaths and sociopaths. Yes, on the Art of Charm blog, and this actually comes from Johnny. So okay, you, you're off the hook, but I'm Johnny, off the hook. grab his grab him by the scruff and bring him in here to account for himself. Well, yeah, I mean, I would, but I, I'm going to put this out there. I disagree as well. I I think. Well, I disagree with your disagreement, is what I meant to say, right? I think this isn't a moral judgment of your responsibility. It's rather the idea that you need to focus on what you can control. It's like extreme ownership, like Jocko said when he was on the show. If we dig deep enough, as I encourage you to do in pretty much every situation in which you find yourself, quote-unquote, victimized by things like this, you'll probably find that you spotted this behavior a long time before it finally came to a head, but... You were perhaps, and again, big perhaps here, all caps, perhaps you were so focused on getting love or making the relationship work or not being lonely, et cetera, that you ignored the red flags. And even if that wasn't the case, even if you were completely blameless when it came to the signs, there was nothing, she was a perfect manipulator, we still have to focus solely on what we can control, such as making sure we're consistently developing our EQ our emotional intelligence to the point where we can spot this behavior before it does us harm. And the good news is that you're listening to this show, which is a great step in the right direction, especially in terms of developing your EQ, spotting bias, spotting manipulators, and uh, getting that, getting a handle on all that stuff, really. So thanks for the note, Mark, and thanks for your candor. I just don't want to know what Mark does for a living, that he's surrounded by all these con artists and manipulators. Yeah, you know, that that sparked something for me as well, because, and I didn't really want to go there, but since you brought it up, we will. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people who are... Who tend to write in about how much they've been victimized by somebody close to them, they often sort of append this with, and I'm also being victimized by everybody else around me, or they try to victimize me too, wah, and it's... Sometimes it's probably very true, but other times I think there's a certain archetype of person that sees everybody around them as trying to get them or trying to victimize them. And, and for some people, it's a pathology. It's a mental thing, but like, like a disorder here, you know. But for others, it's just the way that they view the world because of the way that they were raised. And that actually, of course ironically in so many ways, attracts those same manipulators, those same victimizers into their life because they see a pre-programmed target that like like formatting a hard drive with DOS or Win or um, Mac OS, right? They look at that person and they go, oh, this person has experienced a pattern of manipulation. I can slip right in here and they'll never know. It's kind of ironic that a lot of the people who've been victimized the most throughout their lives are actually the prime targets to be victimized yet again hmm. instead of being the people who can see it coming a mile away because of past experience, because that programming goes so deep. Interesting. That's interesting. Because I was thinking maybe he was a cop or a prison guard. Yeah, I mean, that would be interesting. That would be super interesting. And if that's the case, then you're definitely surrounded by riffraff manipulators and con artists all the time. And I want to know how you spot those people a mile away, aside from the fact that they're behind iron bars. <laughs> so let us know, Mark.
All right, next up, Jordan, I hope this finds you well. I've been an AOC listener for years and first heard you when you were on the Social Engineering Podcast. Hey, Chris Hadnagy, woohoo. Good times. I've listened to your words when doing field work on a tractor, felling trees, chopping wood, repairing a high rope course, setting up rappel anchors, and countless hours of commuting to and from work and school. Cool job, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no obviously. doubt. Get out there in the sun. Good for you. Yep. Well, I've been a long-time listener. This is the first feedback I've given to AOC, and my gratitude for what you do is grossly overdue. I'll say. Just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> my apologies for not saying it sooner, and my sincerest thank you for your vision of equipping a generation like me. The catalyst for this email is based on your recent episode titled The Antidote to Positive Thinking. Mm, Oliver Brookman. I've been struggling with the tension of vision, effort, and drive while maintaining and earning any form of confidence. Maybe I'm simply at an intersection where life experience and information met for the first time, but for some reason that episode resonated with me in a way that advice rarely does. I've already listened to the episode three times and have ordered Oliver's book in order to glean more wisdom on the topic. I'm not sure how the material will impact my life, but I know that each listening of the episode has resulted in a moment of clarity that has reframed material I've been wrestling with for years. I'm sure you get hundreds of these emails every day, and this is probably more for my sake than yours, but thank you. You do fantastic work, and I appreciate your words, life experience, and insights more than you may ever know. Well, we know it now. Well, Cheers, we know now. Yes. Daily. <laughs> daily, thanks so much for the note, man. One, obviously you have a, a real cool job that lets you listen to shows while doing some amazing, super lumberjacky type stuff. So I appreciate the fact that we get your attention while you're doing all that stuff. I, I think the, the point here that I wanted to make is that some episodes will resonate with you more than others. And I, I get a lot of letters like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on here. Or, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I understood that. I think it is important to find the stuff that really resonates with you and sort of latch onto that, listen to it again, read the book yourself. You don't have to go for the width uh, rather than the depth. I think it's better the other way around. I think what we're trying to avoid here is self-help that's a mile wide and an inch deep and rather go for the smorgasbord that says, oh, I really like this and I really like that, but you know, I can do without all these other things. And we do that to a certain extent here on the show. As we mentioned, I think last week on Fan Mail Friday, we don't cover businessy stuff that much. We definitely don't cover fitness and health stuff that much aside from the psychology angle because we want to go deep on these topics. Don't be afraid to find what really strikes your fancy and then go for it uh, and really dive in deep to some of these topics because that's what we're here for. We're not doing an exhaustive presentation of every single author's work that comes on the show. There's a lot more that these people have to offer, well, at least 99% of the time. So I'm glad that you're getting so much value out of this daily. Thanks for being a fan, and definitely don't be afraid to do a deep dive on anything that you think can help you that you hear on the show. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. 
We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi dot com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. All right, moving right along. Hi, Jordan. I would very much appreciate some advice. When and how should I respond to public criticism? I have a work colleague who is the lead on a long-term project. I report to him for this project, but he's not my boss. And he's written several emails, which, at least in my opinion, are open to be interpreted as criticism of my input. These emails always have my line manager on copy. Where I struggle is in deciding how to react. Do I ignore the criticism? But that leaves me feeling like I've tacitly accepted the criticism. Do I take it to my line manager? I've done that before and just to be told that I'm too sensitive and I need to develop a thicker skin. He seems to read the emails completely differently from how I do. Do I go on the attack, criticize him or his input, or be more passive-aggressive, or like right back stating, this is how I read your email, is that what you were meaning to say? Thanks in advance for any guidance you can give. Yours, can't take criticism. So I've got some thoughts on this, can't take criticism. The key here will be figuring out why he does this. That's the key question, because it sounds like he may just be kind of a jerk, honestly. Uh, it's also possible that he's trying to help you improve, and possibly just following protocol by copying your manager, although I'm a little suspicious of that. If your manager, though, doesn't see it as negative, 
then you're probably okay. I would be curious as to why he wants to develop a written record of criticizing you. That's, that's also yeah. That's what I was thinking too, for sure. That's weird, right? It's kind of sketchy. It's like, well, wait a minute. If you really just like Jason, if I've got some feedback for you where I'm like, hey, you were late all week today, I wouldn't copy in your or our boss if we had one. You wouldn't CC Johnny or AJ on that email. And if you did, I'd be like, hey, dude, what's going on here? What's going on? Because then it, it would be like, well, you know, since I'm firing you now, I just want them to be in the loop. You know, it'd be weird. Yeah. It would be highly unusual for me to do that for no stated reason. If I said, oh, I'm copying in AJ and Johnny because they're going to meet with us next week and, and blah, blah, blah. I, I just can't even think of a scenario where it would make sense to loop them in but not tell you why. Yeah, if I saw like Janet from HR start showing up on the email CC yeah. threads, then I'd be like packing my desks and, and checking <laughs> Craigslist, you know? Freaking Janet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you you should ask him, possibly. I mean, think about it. Ask him. Do the, do the conversation in person, by the way, and don't get defensive. Yeah, definitely don't do it in email because we know he likes to CC everybody. Exactly, exactly. But try to get a read on why he's doing it. If he thinks he's making you better, He'll be friendly about it. If he's accusative about it or if he's cagey about it, there's maybe something else going on that's worth exploring, and you can bring that to your line manager or, or whoever else is appropriate. Here's another little tactic that I like to use that I think will take a lot of the wind out of this person's sales. It, first of all, I would definitely ask, but I would also start to reply to these emails, and not in a passive-aggressive way, definitely not in a defensive way, but I do like your your thoughts on, this is how I read your mail. Is this what you were meaning to say? For example, if he writes you a mail that says, hey, you know, this was delivered a little bit later than I thought and in a format that I didn't really think was useful and he copies your line manager, you can reply and go, great, what I think we should do is why don't you outline the exact format that you'd like me to put my thoughts and my, my report into and then I can make sure that it's in that format for you. That way, you're not taking criticism from him and then going, yes, sir, or ignoring it, or he's not reporting you to your manager. Basically, you're replying in a way that puts you on equal footing with him, where you say something like, oh, that input wasn't how you wanted it? Okay, set up a report and I'll do my best to put it in. If it's not too much extra work, I'll put it in the exact format that you find most convenient. Thanks for the help. Always looking to become more efficient. Uh, and you, if you do have criticism for him that's not just defensive, you can put it in that same email. Just don't let it get into a bickery shouting match or some sort of one-upmanship or some sort of back and forth on that. But the reason that this will take some of the wind out of his sails is because you're not just being passive, you're not just passively accepting it, you're actually working with him. So if it does come down to, well, you know, can't take criticism, you're always doing this, and I have a written track record of it, you can go, yeah, and I have a written track record of responding in completely appropriate ways to everything that you said, and also action steps that have resolved everything you've said. So I don't exactly see where you're finding it difficult to work with me or why I'm not a, a fit for the company, uh, et cetera. And my line manager CC'd on all this. So then he will end up looking really bad and he'll probably cut it out. Because if you reply in a mature, appropriate, professional way to everything, he's just giving more work for himself to constantly make this BS record of where you're falling short, especially if you're not falling short. Yeah, I think we can sum it up basically as be professional and be proactive. Those two things yes. will get you out of pretty much any jam with your line manager and maybe take, like like Jordan said, take the wind out of his sails. But just don't be a smart ass, which is, you know, what I would do. <laughs> but right. And, and don't why. be emotional about it at all. Do not like, be emotional. Professional, 
Keep it clean and also, yeah, just uh, offer suggestions and, and take the criticism. That's the the one way you can definitely, when if he sends back some criticism saying you should do it this way, do it. Yeah. As long as it's not like, hey, can you clean up my desk after I leave? I mean, it's got to be some reasonable request. Here's the other rule I'm going to give you, can't take criticism. The other rule that I will give you is every time you reply to this person's email, draft the response, put it in a drafts folder, and then take 15 to 30 to 45, whatever amount of time you need to essentially forget about the issue in the email, and then look in your drafts folder at the end of the day, maybe, and then send those emails out. You don't, what you don't want to do, and here's why I'm doing this, what you don't want to do is, oh yeah, well, you know, you didn't even give me the format to report the data, so this is equally on you, and also, I, you're ugly, or whatever, you know, you're throwing in the email. <laughs> Your mama fell just, out of the ugly tree and hit every branch. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Whatever's in that email that's making you emotional, you can strip all of that out, and then you come back just Terminator cold. Details, protocol, nothing else. That way, when the the written record will show he criticized you a bunch and you took action on everything, that's what model employees do. So you will end up looking, you'll, you'll end up smelling like roses and he'll end up looking like an anal jerk face for sending you corrections on your behavior every single time you work with him on something. And eventually your line manager is going to get the idea that, hey, you don't need to criticize this guy every five seconds. He's doing fine, and his work product is sufficient, and you're not his boss, so knock it off. That will eventually happen. But if you complain about it, you start to look like, why is this guy treating me like an employee? And it goes downhill from there. Hi, Jordan. Love the show, but I have a quip. You answer a lot of important questions for a lot of folks, but you and Jason do so from a position of white privilege, whether you realize it or not. So as much as you guys mean well, you're not really able or qualified to address the problems that people of color, women or other minorities are really facing. Signed, James. Hey, James. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I often give advice here from the position of a man. And we've had we've heard from a lot of AOC sisters about this as well, how, well, you know, how come you're not talking about this women's issue or that women's issue? And the reason is because since I'm not a woman, I can't speak factually to a lot of things that I think face women specifically. I can only speak in general terms or I can only say, here's what I would do as a guy in my own skin. And you're right, I am, I am white, last I checked, right? So I get that. But I'm not going to debate the finer points of what makes someone privileged compared to another, because I think, Jason, given your upbringing and given the upbringing of other people that we know, or maybe my upbringing, it's kind of hard to say how privileged someone is, but I, I think James' point is that just by virtue of not being uh, anything but regular old white guys from the Midwest, we have some sort of privilege, and, and I'm, not, I'm just not going to argue with that, because that's a losing battle no matter which direction you go in. But I will say this much. If our white privilege and class protects us, and let me just phrase this differently. If your white privilege and class protects you, then you have an obligation, we have an obligation, to use that privilege to take stands that work to end the injustice that grants that privilege in the first place. So in other words, 
I can't not speak from the position of being me. And I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm not going to be ashamed of that. I'm certainly not going to stop doing it anytime soon. But I also think that you shouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater here. I also think you should take our intent into consideration here because what we are doing is giving out free training, free advice, a lot of really beneficial things that will benefit anybody of any color, of any gender or a non-gender because I don't even, I'm not even up on yeah, you what don't that even is. Go down that road nowadays. Right, exactly. So the stuff that we're talking about here is often enough so generally applicable and so, full of such wisdom from the guests, especially that we have on the show. It's universal. It's universal, and I just I refuse to believe, and maybe it's my white privilege talking, that there's something here that is so unique to white males from Michigan slash Illinois that we just should shut our mouths and not do it anymore. I just, I won't believe it. I can't believe it. And I think that by delivering this information and delivering this advice and being accessible, we're helping a lot of people who are white, who are not white, who are men, who are women, who are any, anything, any color of the rainbow you want to pull out of the box. This stuff will help you. And so I do understand your point, James. I think it's in you know a little bit possibly ridiculous, but I'm not going to dive down that rabbit hole. I won't say that I don't see it. I won't say that I that there is no element of privilege here, but I will say that, man, if you throw out the baby with the bathwater, if you don't listen because I'm not from, uh, I'm not, if you're, if you're not listening because we don't look like you, then you are being very wasteful of what I would consider to be a decent resource that we've spent a lot of time creating just for people like you and just for people like everybody that you know. And, uh, you know, I, I really don't know what else to say about that. It's a touchy topic. I don't want to dive down that political rabbit hole slash walk through that minefield. And there's no reason there's no reason to because we are universal. We do. We, we are we're gender neutral. We've been you know, we, we do have the training for men, but we are gender neutral. We love our AOC yeah. sisters and brothers and whatever is, lies in between nowadays on the That's gender right. scale. That's and, right. So I don't, you know, I, yes, if we do have white privilege, you know what we do? We use that white privilege to get information to people. That's it. Yeah. And to try to fix some stuff. Yeah. You know, if, if, and I think if, if our white privilege got us to the top of iTunes, then great. We'll use it to help other people get to the top of their game as well, no matter what they look like. Exactly. Also, everybody, I've been watching documentaries a lot lately. Speaking of white privilege, this is like, I feel like that's a very white privilege thing to do, right? It's like, I'm going to make a film about something. But I'm going to wear my skinny jeans and watch a documentary (laughs) while I stroke my beard. Exactly. Exactly. Put beard oil in. But a lot of a lot of documentaries, man, they've got a really liberal slant and some are even extremely left. And I don't have a problem with that, but I would I, I really don't mind. I love all ideas. I love all knowledge coming into my brain. But where are the conservative leaning or even just like centrist documentaries? Where are those? It, does anyone have a recommendation of something that I could watch that doesn't have a political agenda that isn't also just nature? Even nature stuff has a political agenda, which I'm <laughs> fine with. I just kind of want to get away from that occasionally. And I'm not saying no bias. I realize that is actually impossible. But I just want something that isn't extreme left and isn't necessarily like religious right or something like that. And Netflix, man, is just not doing it for me right now. I think got a great stuff there, but you, you can't escape the bias. It's driving me crazy. Well, I'm going to throw one out for you and, and to the audience that I just actually finished this weekend. It is a documentary called Unlocked. It's about the history of video gaming. It's oh, nice. really good. It's an eight-part series. It's got Tony Hawk, guest on the show, Penn Jillette, guest on the show, and a couple other 
couple other folks that you might uh, recognize, like Allison Hayslip from Ninja Warrior. But it's a good eight-part series. Uh, you can it, right now it's available to buy on iTunes and Amazon. But uh, it's a fantastic little series and available to steal on BitTorrent. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Well, that's that stuff's cool. The tech stuff tends to be a little bit more centrist because it's almost hard to make that into a political agenda unless you're throwing in net neutrality and stuff, which even net neutrality is hardly controversial these days. Uh, kind of a cool episode. Hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us Friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. A link to the show notes for this episode can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF 98. Also, we got the AOC challenge. Text the word charmed, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D to 33444 if you're in the States. If you're not, Go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge. We're taking you through the steps to becoming better at making personal connections, professional connections, becoming a better networker, increasing your social capital, your charisma. It's for both guys and gals, and it's for people with white privilege and people without. So you can text the word charmed, C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 in the USA, or if you're anywhere else, just go to theartofcharm.com. Please, we'd love to see you in there. Quick shout-out to Joseph Taylor in New Orleans, Louisiana. Heard about uh, AOC through the art of manliness and has listened through Asia, South, and North America. Cool. We're taking, we're being taken on the road, Jay. Nice. And uh, Allegra in Israel by way of Canada, studying her post-doc in Tel Aviv, ran into another AOC fan over in the Holy Land. Thanks for being a fan and talking about the show. I love that. Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up. I would love to shout you out here. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps that we run every single week here in L.A. If you really want to dig into this stuff and work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches, that's bootcamp.theartofcharm.com. Now stay charming. Get out there and connect and leave everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and more at theartofcharmpodcast.com. 